I just want to take a couple of minutes to talk about one of the sponsors of our podcast, and that is 503 Sports. 503 Sports is a site very well known for their throwback merchandise for a multitude of leagues, whether it be, for example, the World League of American Football, the World Football League, or in our case, the Arena Football League. I mean, if you're looking for any type of throwback merchandise from those teams that don't exist anymore, whether it be shirts, caps, customizable jerseys that you can get your own name and number, Detroit Drive, San Jose Sabercats, what? They're the place that has them. And just for our listeners of the podcast, they have a special offer just for you. If you use the promo code ARENAFAN, when you check out, you'll get 10% off your very first order. So head over to 503-sports.com, use the promo code ARENAFAN, get 10% off, and you want to thank them for being a sponsor of AFL Tonight. And welcome to AFL Tonight, ArenaFan.com's weekly look at everything arena football. I'm your host, Tim Capper, along with my other co-host, Ben Fratinale. Ooh, to the we, let's go. And John Stark. What's going on, everybody? How, how, howdy. Let's get rowdy. How are you guys? I'm uh, feeling good after the boys, the bad boys of AFL podcasting, all got together. Hold on, I'm about to cough. <laughs> all got together and went to Applebee's. That's right. Um, After, and well, you got we the, enjoyed. You I, got I enjoyed <laughs> Chef, Chef Bolgarelli's uh, stuffed rigatoni. So I'm still sort of reeling from that experience. You're reeling from the rigatoni. Is that what you're saying? Mm-hmm. That is what I'm saying. Oh. Wow. Well, well, that's not all we did. We didn't just go to Applebee's. That we... was the main event. That yeah, that was oh, the main event. Fair. Besides, fair. besides, you know, really going out of the way and driving the opposite direction to go to Applebee's. <laughs> yeah, that was the pregame right there. Oh, the pregame, the pre-pregame was the actual game. The main event was Applebee's. I mean, that that can be agreed upon. Yeah. yeah. But for, I want to ask you guys, what did you do for your fourth? I know we talked about it, you know, let's not get political. Um, oh, my dad. <laughs> He's in pieces now. Oh. Arm and a leg, that's what we wanted. Tell ya. Uh, did you do anything, Ben? Besides, well, besides, besides, your, 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 besides your, your, your hypothetical blowing up your dad? Apps. I, uh, yeah, I did the rooftop thing. We watched, we, we had this sort of panoramic view of all the fireworks happening and all the different areas and the boroughs, and it was, it was pretty magical. Then we played this game, Ticket to Ride. Yeah, I've heard of it. That thing? Yeah, yeah it's pretty amazing. It's so, interesting. Yeah, it's, it's a strategy game. It's, yeah. you know, that's how July 4th is done right. Yeah, exactly. John, John have you heard, t- have t- uh, heard exactly. of Ticket to Ride? No, actually. It's, that... a, it's a strategy game based off of um, uh, trains. It's basically what it is. It's a train-based game. You're basically yeah. trying to build the longest track, beat your friends, make them cry. I succeeded, and I won, so Aww. that's why. Nothing, nothing like a good game of Stratego. Anybody remember that? Yeah, I think it was Stratego. Stratego. Yeah, Stratego. Stratego. Or Risk. Risk. Oh, I never played Risk. No, neither I did I. I. You I, know I, what? Neither did I. No, I actually I didn't either. <laughs> wow. No, I didn't either. Uh, I was like, oh, too many. What do you mean? I got to read rules. I'm not going to do this. Oh man. So, and John, I, we know you mentioned that you weren't very. You know, you're you you you're you're a a Switzerland uh, U.S. citizen. Uh, <laughs> what hates the country basically. <laughs> Did, did you do anything at all? For, no, I mean, sometimes I do. Sometimes I do celebrate with yeah. friends and family. But this year, 
Uh, I was just very low key. I actually got my ass handed to me many times in a video game called Dragon Ball Fighter Z. Oh damn! Yeah, um, not not my gloriest of days, but it, it was it was still fun nevertheless. Just yeah. hung out with some friends locally in town and ate some food. That's cool. That's cool. I, I spent the Fourth of July watching a Canadian Football League game. <laughs> That's very you, Tim, and we love you for that. And being inducted into the Hall of Fame. Yes. Did we talk about that yet? Yeah, go, no, go ahead. Yeah. No, no I would like you to go ahead and oh, explain and all, it. All it yeah, is, tell us. All, all it is is uh, I've been a season ticket holder for 23 years, and they are they were recognizing all the season ticket holders who have had had their tickets for 21 plus years. So with a tarp. Then they put us all on a canvas uh, canvas sign, two of them, and they'll be. Uh, They'll be displayed at the stadium. So can you tell us the significance of why it's 21 or more years? Well, they have different um, loyalty packages, I guess we'll call them. And and when you reach a certain point, you get certain types of perks for your season tickets. Like, you know, you'll get 15% off at the at the boutique, you know, at the, at the team store. Or you'll get 20%, depending on that. Or um, you, you get a certain amount of of cash available to you in your bank that you can spend on extra tickets. This sounds like money laundering to me. No, 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 no it, it's not real you money. You receive this extra cash. Well, it's not real money. That's, that's the a Swiss it's, bank. it's a team, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a team credit, so to speak. So Right, so you're like the upper echelon now of season ticket holders. Yes, for, I'm at the top. I'm at the top tier. I mean, which they hell yeah, my man Timmy boy, he's uh, nice. which were the hall of we're at the hall of fame tier, as they call. I think that's what they call our, uh, anybody who's twenty one plus. So okay, yeah. cool. No, I, I said it's it's cool. I mean, I wish I could have season tickets for an arena league team for twenty three plus years, but I mean, no teams a near me and well, you know, in my backyard, so to speak. But you know, maybe we'll get there. I mean, I get, I would imagine those ones for Orlando that were there in Tampa Bay for those longest times had yeah. Tickets for the longest time. So. Very, yeah, very possible. I mean, I'm on my third year now for the Valor. Yeah. Um, the cool thing, too, and actually, I mentioned it on my other pod last night because we were talking about players who uh, we are looking at on the Alouettes team who uh, we're thinking that are, are ones to watch. Uh, we, the Alouettes and the CFL have always been looking into the Arena League and bringing in different players. And any of you who remember, uh, John, you may not, Ben, you might. Um, the uh, former DB and kick returner Greg Reed. He used to. Play- of course, I remember yeah, Greg he, Reed. Yeah, Actually, I even recognize him. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he used to play for the Jacksonville. Yeah, Jacksonville Sharks and stuff. So he is uh, a DB for the Alouettes, and he is finally getting his chance to start after uh, being signed by the team uh, late last year. That's awesome. So yeah, yeah. So, but anyways, yeah, it's uh that that was that was my fourth. But you know, then we had uh, it was was a kind of weird guys only having a, a, a single game. It was kind of a main event, big fight yeah. feel. Yeah. Uh, I kind of liked it. It was yeah. like everybody's focused on this one thing, uh-huh. which is sometimes nice. Yeah, I liked it too. I wouldn't call it weird, though. Uh, it was enjoyable. It, it seemed like it might have even set it up to be a bigger atmosphere, like Ben Ben said right. there. Yeah. Do, did you think that maybe Atlantic City was going to do something different, or the league was going to do something? Sorry, something special. Being it was Fourth uh, of July weekend, it was in Atlantic City, or it, what? It didn't I think it would have mattered what city it was in? But do you think they would they were going to do something different? I mean, 
uh, have something outside on the boardwalk after the fact, or obviously the weather was wouldn't have played a well. That's that's what they they had the weather. Yeah, yeah, they had the weather. They had the thunderstorms and An the easy lightning. excuse for not playing anything, planning anything in advance. Oh yeah, yeah. well I mean it's. <laughs> I mean, there was no pyrotechnics. I would have enjoyed nature's some. nature's pyrotechnics. <laughs> right, there was no like fire or any kind of explosions inside the stadium, um, which is kind of weird. I always love after the fireworks go off in the stadium and you smell that that sulfur or whatever the hell it is, and then that smog is just hanging in the oh, air God, for yeah. first quarter. It always creates quite a vibe. Yeah, yeah, and and asthma. Um, yeah, great. <laughs> Big fan of asthma. Now I wasn't I wasn't able to get like you know because I was driving and I got in a little bit later than expected because of the weather getting down there in certain circumstances. But what did you guys? Um, any pregame stuff that you can let the fans know about who who we may not have been able to attend? Because I know you guys were there to shoot for fifty yard dash and just to take uh, to take pictures for the uh, for the blackjacks. Any anything stood out to you guys? Because as I said, I mean, I was there thirty minutes prior. I went straight to the press row so i really wasn't able to catch anything right you, you freaking whiffed on pregame yeah uh, too bad but uh, trust um, me i was saying hey you know what said bonner reaches out to you and says he says Cap, i know where, where were you, you? <laughs> yeah well, I, I, felt, I mean i even told coach james that you were gonna have time to talk to him basically i, I wanted <laughs> yeah, to basically too. a lot of promises were avoided yeah, no, by, i felt bad you know, no, no, I, I know I, it's that's 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 what's frustrating because I was able to make it in, a, in a, the perfect amount of time last time, be able to get there for pregame, and maybe I just have to leave a little bit earlier the next time that I go. To. It's funny. I've been to more games in Atlantic City than, than a closer team in Albany this That's season. Hilarious. So That's laugh-out-loud funny. I know. I know. Ha! So, so any, yeah. Anything I, else? I thought it was, um, it was great. I, I felt like everybody was there, which, you know, the AFL family is, you know, contracted and grown, and, and it's growing more and more now. And I felt like just everybody was at this game. I, I, I don't know what it was, but, you know, I, I felt like a lot of executives were there. Um, everyone co- that covers the AFL was there. The people that the league have recently hired as staff reporters, uh, everybody was was there covering it. So there was a lot of media that came out of it. And it was just fun to catch up with a lot of these people who I hadn't even met. Um, I don't know why. My past just hadn't crossed with them. And uh, also just hanging out with the Blackjacks. I, you know, this is only the second game I've covered of theirs. So just like, you know, catching up with Hip and yeah. and uh, John was with Ings for a bit. And, and so we just sort of got to hang out for, for like a couple hours before the game, which was awesome. Amazing venue. By the way, how, how was Ings' wrist? John, did he give you an update on that? Well, he gave me a, a slight update. Um, I mean, he's not in a cast. Okay. He's he's able to use it and like hold a hold a beverage and drive even. So um, I, I don't I don't know that we're gonna see him back this year or for the regular season, whatever may happen with you know the the rest of their schedule. Um, but I, I mean I, I hope he comes back soon. I did like last year when he was with Baltimore. You know he missed uh, a little too, too much time for my liking. Yeah, yeah, especially being out of playoff contention. Um, essentially, I mean there's there's a chance, but Columbus yeah, has to go chance. Superman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh yeah, so in lieu of that, it's like hard to imagine A Ings coming back and B Hippard who we'll we'll get to later. Yeah. Um him risking anything at this point seems absurd if if Warren Smith can't take the field due to his sprain. So I was checking in with Hippard before the game and he really he he, he sort of gave me the indication that I don't think he was going to ever plan to come back. So then when he put on a uniform 
it was like, oh my God, when when Smith first you know hurt his ankle, uh, it was pretty shocking. But at this point with AC, I think they should just rest up and and come back next year strong. Yeah. So Ben, what what like what were your impressions of the arena? Because you said you know it was your first time there, and I've been there several times now. So what you what do you think of the actual I venue? It was awesome. I I. I, I I can see why some people think it's the amenities are a little bit old. I mean, you know, the seats seem really old and a lot of, you know, there's some aspects of it that are truly historical. I mean, there's that's the big appeal, honestly, of the venue. And I, I absolutely loved that atmosphere. Yeah. And I think it helped that it was packed with fans, that the energy was extremely high all game. Uh, the, the vibe I just got from the entire experience was fantastic. I think maybe they could do a little bit more in terms of the in-game experience. I think the stage going completely unused looks kind of weird. There's just like this gigantic vacant area beyond the end zone. They may have but, to, though, because remember, we don't yeah. know where a lot of the... Uh, I know they use it for other things, but we don't know where any of those the, the organ pipes are, are situated. I mean, I, I don't know if they're behind the curtain or anything. It's but, self-contained. Oh, it's self-contained. It's so small for it to be self-contained. Yeah. I have a lot of questions. I, I, I know, I know, but you know, speaking of that that stage, it's so far from yeah. the the field and the rest of the venue and where they have everything. Yeah, and apparently so, that was not the desired. What they wanted to do was something similar to Baltimore, which is have the stage area be at least somewhat usable as a place to put fans. Like Baltimore stage actually adds to the atmosphere. I mean, it's you know, people are standing on it. Uh, the DJs up there, it's, the cheerleaders are up there. They they put some cheerleaders on the stage, and it was it was just absurd. They were so far away from the field. Yeah, it was like so what are they doing? Maybe they can work something out with some sort of interactive fan area that yeah can be utilized right, right. during people, the game. People need to remember too, though, is that you know unlike Baltimore, there is a lot more room in this oh, arena. It's so big, what yeah. people need it to, is. you know, for those who who haven't been there, really ha- can't gauge the scope on television. Is that remember this place used to have uh, used to actually fe- have a hundred yard field? They played an actual gridiron game indoors at this arena. So uh, it, there's just so much. It's true. There's so much. There's a hell of a lot more dead space behind the uh, behind the the party zone than there is in Baltimore. A, a ton more. It almost seems haunted. But the charm's perfect, guys. I, I mean, I, yeah. The amenities. I mean, press row has a lot to to be desired. Um, but I know that Jim and the team do their best when it comes to, you know, putting the media where they need to be in order so that they can, so that they can cover it properly. Um, but I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy with it. And the atmosphere this week was great. It's probably, yeah, it, awesome. it, it rivaled, it actually rivaled Albany this week in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree with you. And to backtrack real quick, my pregame vibes were that, uh, Philly was coming to play and well, they did. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if anybody saw my tweet because uh, I had spoken with Coach James uh, earlier in the week. Uh, you know, they um, – I think I mentioned it last week's podcast too is that, uh, you know, uh, Philly had won three straight in their white uniforms. So, you know, uh, Coach James is trying to throw, oh, yeah. you know, throw the hex yeah, on them. It turns out that didn't matter. Well, you know, it's mind – as I, put, I said in my, on social media, it's mind games. It's all that it didn't matter. Mind games. I mean, if you think about it w- – they were down 14, they, they came back. So it, it, you thought, anyways. It, I guess it's based on, on the level of superstition, I guess. Right. 
And the fact that Philly had to wear their balloon animal uniforms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the ultimate punishment, really. Yeah. Win or lose, Philly had to wear those. Mm-hmm. You know what I loved about those? On film and in photo, they just pop. They do. The color is good. It's just the the logo, the the gigantic logo. I mean, I don't need to I don't need to relitigate this, but it's terrible. That, I think that's why they, that they I think that's why they had uh, at Phenom design the the new away uniform, the new white. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those things are so refreshing. So it's, but I mean, it was good. I mean, it's atmosphere was fantastic. The game, and you're talking about games and uh, different things that they could do to interact more. I know they do have the normal things with fans and stuff like that. And it's funny I mentioned it last week. The show, the show Card Sharks, um, they they could easily do a type of game like that with the fans. Where blackjack in center field? Well, well, no. Well, remember, uh, Card Sharks is done where you have usually in the in the old school days it was six cards. I think or six or seven cards, and you start with a face, you start with one card, and depending on what it is, you go you say either higher or lower to what that card would be, to, and you try to get get it all the way down to the end. You understand the concept? Where, say, for instance, if you come up with a fa- your first card is a king. So, Ben, y- your next card, do you want it to be higher or lower than your king? That's great. That's what card trucks is. That- that's what the old game is. It's like deal or no deal with cards. Yeah, yeah. So th- they, could- they could do that, I would imagine, and give away prizes, too. I mean, it's it works perfectly to, gam- to the gambling aspect. <laughs> yeah, so there's surprisingly not much... And I mean, I didn't go into the um, concession area, but I'm curious. I did for the I didn't first really time. get any vibe about gambling. <laughs> it didn't no. feel like it was like a theme that I was kind of expecting that. If if the AC games are supposed to be the AFL's sort of walking advertisement for gambling, you know, the gambling direction, the gambling brand, I didn't, that didn't really come off as particularly notable in, in the in-game experience. No, uh, well, it's hey, you got you got all those sports books so nearby. I mean, you have one next door. I think I'm not mistaken in Tropicana, and just a couple ways down with the, with the DraftKings sports book. So I they need like a leaderboard. Oh, that would be so cool! Like a like a uh, leaderboard in the stadium, a separate screen that has you know player values, maybe a live DraftKings feed with points. Um, I'm just throwing around oh, ideas there. That are genius no, ideas, but maybe aren't developed right now. <laughs> what, were you, what, what was your gauge, guys, on the on the, the announced crowd of 7104, but which is obviously the, the largest crowd of the of the year? But it was just ruckus, man. I mean, the, the the chance of defense in the fourth quarter and stuff like that. The just the the sound of Philadelphia and Atlantic City fans. They 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 know the game. They see the Atlantic City fans seem to know the game very well. So. What, what was your thought on the on the uh, on the announced attendance, John? Accurate, yeah, very accurate. Yeah. And man, that place was loud. Yeah, it was. It, it was great to see all the regular Soul fans were there. Like basically everyone I I ever see at the games was there. That obviously helped a lot. Mm-hmm. The league pass thing. Never even thought twice about it since they announced it. But I'm guessing that's sort of where it came into play here. Um, and uh, yeah, it was great. I mean, something that was a misconception that I had going in was that Atlantic City maybe didn't have that many permanent fans um, just because, you know, it's a tourist destination, so it was hard to imagine what regulars they would have at these games. But it really did strike me that so many people were wearing blackjacks gear, so many people were flipping out for the team. Yeah. Um, I, I got the impression there's a guy that uh, sits near near one of the field goal posts who screams at the kickers, and apparently <laughs> yep. he's there every game, and that's yep. like his thing. Yep. So I'm glad they have things that are like a culture, a fan culture. Yeah. And 
I, I, I'm guessing that because for the story that I saw in the Atlantic City Press after the game, it seems that they're not um, they're not in Atlantic City proper. They're actually on the outskirts. These fans, so they don't actually live within Atlantic City. Makes sense. so, which I think would make sense. So it's um, you know it, it, this team seems to be one of the best indoor football teams that they've ever that has been uh, supported in Atlantic City. And let's hope it, it stays stays true. Let's hope let's hope it continues. So um, to the game itself, guys. Wow, uh, probably one of the best fourth quarters we've seen in a long, long time. I mean, there was forty five points scored in the fourth quarter alone. Back and forth, final score. Philadelphia scores on a uh, on a touchdown with, with 13 seconds left, and and the uh, uh, the Blackjacks' last drive unfortunately was, didn't uh, didn't equate to anything. But Philadelphia wins 50 to 45, putting a huge dent into the Atlantic City chances of getting into the playoffs. Um, overall, for the game though, guys, uh, Ben, what what was your thought on this game? Well. What was interesting is, I mean, we're we're supposed to be somewhat objective. I don't think it really matters whether we're objective or not. We're not like, I mean, we are kind of journalists, but also we're, we're commentating, so it's it's a little bit biased. I was sort of hoping that Atlantic City won toward the end there. Um, as much as I absolutely love Philly and I love all the guys on Philly, the narrative of them winning that game and just the energy that would have resulted in that win was almost like too bad, you know, too hard to pass up. Right. By the time the game was winding down in the last minute. The just the potential of them winning was so exciting. Oh yeah, and then and then and you know honestly, Philly matched that excitement with with how exciting it was uh, for them to have that huge pass to Prince in the end zone, that like leaping catch. I mean, they matched it. They matched the energy. So overall, it was like anyone can look at this game and say that was an absolute classic. Yeah, and- you know, Atlanta City fans are posting on the message boards like, you know, yeah, we lost, but wow, that was so good. Um, it, the the thing that's sort of disheartening about it is, like you said, Atlantic City now basically can't get into the playoffs, and we're watching a historic run by Warren Smith and his receivers, mm-hmm. and so for that to be sort of cut short is disappointing, and the season's running out, and you wish this was happening all season because it's been so fun, but I think we'll always remember this game. I yeah. think it's going to stick around in our memories for this oh, season. There, there's another thing that will stick in our memories is uh, Dan Radabaugh doing his imitation of the WWE Bushwhackers after after throwing that touchdown. That was so unlike him, and it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. That was unreal. You guys have to see this. Go on Twitter. Go to the Philadelphia Souls Twitter. The Radabaugh strut is going to go viral. That's Everybody seems like, oh, somebody's doing this. Like, I know he's he's doing bushwhackers. I sent a message to, to Dan, and all he just sent me back was an LOL. So, um, <laughs> uh, John, what, what was your t- um, what was your thoughts on the game? I mean, this game was like an instant classic. Ben, you said it. We're gonna remember this game for a long time. Yeah. Um, I I kind of loved everything about this game and including the fact that, I mean, if you look at the game quarter by quarter, the, I mean, the, the, both teams are playing identical games, essentially. And in the fourth, it was unreal. Like you said, I don't remember the last time we've had a game with this high of a score in the fourth quarter combined by both teams. It's it's nuts. I think it was close in one of the Albany games. I think the, the Albany-Washington game might have been very close to this. It might have been close. But You're still, right. But still, that was a classic. This was a classic. Too, and these are the type of games that we're going to remember. Uh, you know, at the beginning of the year, we were just like, oh, man, you know, scoring is going to be absolute garbage in the fourth quarter. But, hey, 
they've adapted they, and they've adapted well i mean it's you know i think the biggest surprise was um uh, first uh coach dozell pulling that uh, that shovel pass for the two point convert in the uh, in the first quarter where would that come from that was a thing of beauty <laughs> And the the onside the successful onside kick attempts, which are far and few between this season, there was a lot of good coaching yeah. decisions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, the coaching decisions that, in retrospect, look good because they succeeded. Although Atlantic City failed twice on those onside kicks, and one of the successful ones led to a pick six. But but besides that, yeah, yeah, uh, a lot of interesting coaching decisions. Just a really, I mean, when you get James versus Dozell, that's an absolute classic. That's an arena bowl rematch. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you you never would have thought that a team would go for a, 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 an onside kick uh, in the in the in the first quarter. It was like, what? You don't expect that type of stuff. Yeah, I mean, I guess now we've sort of come to expect it a little bit, especially anytime Mark Lewis is playing. That's true. You know, I've been to games where they where he onsided every single kickoff. I mean, when he was on the Predators, they just abused it. Oh, that last year on Baltimore, they abused yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, and Baltimore did too. So anytime Mark Lewis is on the field, there's a legitimate uh, threat every time. It's insane. I mean, watching Lonnie Outlaw just soar through the air constantly yeah. to, to recover those. Hell you got yeah. a feel for him. <laughs> oh, yeah, no Man. kidding. Tim, you got to hit us with this box score because oh, there I'm were three it. receivers that oh, had yeah. over 115 yards. Yeah, I'm doing it right now. So for the Philadelphia Soul, Dan Radabaugh was 16 to 24, 221, three and zero. Um, uh, Patrick O'Brien was uh, he was in for the? Why did they give him the stat for? Um, they show him with, with no stats, but was he? Oh, maybe on the two point. Oh, he's one that threw the two point convert. He's the one that did the shovel pass. Um, Philadelphia receiving the leading receiver was Darius Prince, eight receptions, 124 and two. Uh, BJ Bunn uh, had uh, two more buns in the oven, one receiving, one uh, and one rushing. And also, Adrian Ferns had two. Uh, for the Atlanta City Blackjacks, Warren Smith, 22 of 33, 306, five and two. Uh, obviously, the one of those who you just mentioned, Ben, about the it, it hurt that uh, that pick six really did hurt. Yeah. Um, Lamarck Brown, 10 receptions, 139 and two. Antoine Grant, six receptions, 119 and two. Uh, also, Frederick Ruff had a touchdown. Warren Smith also had a rushing touchdown. <laughs> crazy. Absolutely crazy. Yeah. And, and, and it just, I think it just goes to show how good this game actually was that, that when it came to passing and stuff like that. And, it, and unfortunately, it, um, you know, the, not only the pick six hurt right after the after that uh, after that great uh, onside kick, but then, and this is the big thing that I think a lot of us may be talking about, especially for this game. Even though, though how well he looked to be doing is Warren Smith's injury. John, what was I, I didn't see it happen, uh, and it, it was supposedly it wasn't on an actual play itself. Is that true? Yeah, I think that is true, and I did not see it happen either. Ben, how about you? No, I was. <laughs> I sort of ran onto the field right after whatever occurred occurred, and he was suddenly just limping around. So I honestly don't know. Yeah, I think they said um, in the what uh, happened. I think they said it was a non-contact play and it, where it occurred, which, as we know, I guess maybe something on turf. Uh, yeah, he was on the run quite a bit, yeah. and he did a lot of jukes. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, some of them successful, some of them unsuccessful. So he may have just juked himself out of his shoes. Oh my goodness! But the update on that is yes. the X-ray was negative; it's not broken, That's and the good. MRI, the MRI said that it's just a bad sprain, and he's just in a in a boot or today. So, you know, he I, I think maybe he'll be all right. You know what I think is really interesting. 
What's that? And this was this is a topic that we talked about only two weeks ago. Maybe it was even last week about whether Fabian Guerra is still Rookie of the Year. Mm-hmm. And now I'm really kind of thinking that Antoine Grant might be Rookie of the Year. Uh, he has, you know, he has more receptions, more receiving yards, only three fewer touchdowns. Uh, obviously, he's he's been bolstered by his quarterback being both of them being veterans. But I mean. I think that Atlantic City's receiving core has been the surprise sensation of the league. Um, they're, they're big three. I mean, every team really, I mean, for, except maybe Columbus right now, uh, has like a really great big three, which I think is really cool. Yeah, um, that's true. And Philadelphia almost has an embarrassment of riches. I mean, it's such a crowded field that Darius Reynolds is still playing defense. And yeah. I, ta- <laughs> I think I forgot to mention, I talked to him before the game. Yeah. And I was trying to, like, gauge his enthusiasm about that <laughs> because, you know, it's a shame. And, and it's, 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 no longer, it's no longer to preserve him due to his injury. Um, it's really just a result of them having Prince, Bunn, Outlaw, Williams, DJ Myers, who never even really uh, plays offense, even though he's a receiver, and Reynolds. And all, all of their receivers are succeeding. So it's hard to find a spot for Reynolds right now, even though – you know, before the season, we would have said, yeah, he's probably the number one besides Darius Prince. So Yeah, we never expected a B.J. Bunn to, to yeah, do as well exactly. as he's doing. I don't think anyone did. And it's, by the way, hilarious to see B.J. Bunn standing next to Lonnie Outlaw because <laughs> it's the tallest and the shortest players, and they just look like completely different species. Um, but, yeah, anyway, I'm curious what you guys think about the Antoine Grant thing. Well, let, well let, I— Wait, wait, can I just say something oh, real yeah, quick yeah. since we're, we're rolling with it? Ben, I mean, you're not totally wrong, but I'm going to say that I think that Fabian Guerra's uh, kickoff returns yes, for that's touchdowns. True. That's true. Now, so I think Grant is leading Guerra with five more touchdowns, but they just had one more game. Like I was telling you guys with Lamarck Brown and Quentin Sims, separate topic. Um the Blackjacks are up one game on the Destroyers in terms of comparing touchdowns. When did the Destroyers buy? It was last week. It was. Oh, there, oh right. There, oh, right. Okay. So, right. Yeah. Atlantic City's buy is next week. Yeah, this coming week. This week. Yeah, this current week. All right. Yeah. So, yeah, he has a game ahead. I so, it's going to be close. Uh, I, I'm, I'm looking at it. I thought, uh, you know, he he really. God, I'm looking at it. Wow. I'd, I'd forgotten that. that Grant was actually in the picture for most of the season. You'd only really heard about him. Until you know, until uh, Warren became quarterback, uh, but people, I guess, people forgot in week three he did have 102 yards. Yeah, so and he was with the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. Actually, I mean, he's like a he's he's 26, so he's been around a little bit. He played in uh, the CFL, I think. I'm not sure if he ever took the field or anything. So he's basically what I'm trying to say is he's not coming out of college. This is like a seasoned professional, right? Right. At, is suddenly in our universe, which is always fun, and uh, so he just sort of picked up where he left off. I was, I was in some ways like Malachi Jones. I, I was going to say something to you about about him coming in and only being here for for four or five games, but I, I just double checked and so I'm wrong. Um, you've actually probably thrown a wrench into a, a, at least a few media guys who are who are <laughs> who, may, who may be included in in doing the. Uh, um, in doing the year-end awards, by the way, uh, AFL, please include us again this year. We would love to be included in this. Oh yeah, um, definitely. But uh, one thing I wanted to ask you guys about: um, what about the effort uh, on the Grant two-point convert to get to, to pull them 
into a one-point lead with 36 seconds left, uh, 30 seconds left in, in the game. That was that was crazy. I thought he was going to get stopped for sure. And John, right, the dive. John, you got an amazing set of photos of him. I getting- know. Oh man, that sequence, and I didn't even share all of them. Yeah. Man, I, he he worked hard for that two point. Yeah. Um, also, uh, another thing that we are not really mentioning is that Atlantic City would not have had to do what they did at the end of the game. Just set themselves up for uh, for the possibility of a Mark Lewis long field goal if they if Atlantic City had not given up that safety on fourth down with eight minutes left in the fourth. Yeah. But they did sneak in a field goal earlier in the game that I was shocked they actually what hit. Great, uh, the, <laughs> the, the 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 I called it hurry scurry on uh, on uh, on social media because I was live tweeting the game. That's <laughs> nuts. What they did, yeah. that, that was fantastic. There's, I uh, mean, there was a bit of a panic because they definitely mismanaged the clock. Yeah. On, on the, they, uh, they did not intend for it to come down to the wire like that. I don't even think they intended to kick a field goal necessarily, but. Man, that was hilarious hey, when they rushed out. The three points, man. And if anybody didn't see, I think Coffee Jones posted it on on uh, on Twitter, so you get to see the uh, the entire sequence. Or you can go back to uh, go back to ESPN three and watch it. And by the way, uh, speaking of the last drive, uh, the last drive for Atlantic City, you know, even though it was thirteen seconds, they, they Coach James did it properly. They had all three timeouts. It worked. It almost worked to their advantage. You know, you never think that they would be able to do it with only, but do you, you think on that la- on that last drive, really Warren's ankle really hampered them in a way? And yeah, he was barely walking. I yeah. mean, I, I have some video. I was standing next to uh, Coach Stafford on the field during that last minute. Yeah, and uh, wow, I mean, it was really crazy. Like War- like his dropbacks look weird, just because he's clearly not able to really plant right. on that foot. So, and even his last throw was not a plant and throw. He yeah. just heaved it off his back shoulder. So yeah. he was def I mean it definitely came down to that. But Warren Smith's uh grittiness absolutely inspired the team. I mean he had that dive uh into the toward the end zone that he got smashed by three soul players yeah. and like yeah, he was trying to do his He's best an net. inspirational kind of guy. I mean he's yeah. definitely yeah, something that it's clear that everybody looks up to and when he's putting out that level of energy everybody matches it. Yeah, and that's partially his, why they're doing so well. Doing his best uh, John Elway imitation. Yes. Yeah. I was like I almost got goosebumps when he did that. We were right there. <laughs> I bet yeah, you guys right were right there. I only saw it yeah. from the press row. It was so. amazing. I was like, my mouth was just wide open as I was holding the camera. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, with the Philadelphia win, they keep themselves in line to possibly uh, be the overall number one seed. Uh, there, we'll talk about the, the playoff seedings here in a couple of minutes at, you know, when we talk about the, this week's games. Um, and unfortunately, again, we, as we talked about before, for Atlantic City, it's an uphill battle being at five and uh, being currently with seven losses. They have a chance. They still need Washington to lose out and uh, for, the, uh, uh, for the tiebreakers to uh, work in their advantage. But, um, hey, We've seen weirder things happen, guys. Obviously, we can use last year with uh, with what uh, with what Washington did. Anything can happen, guys. So they may be sitting at home this week, but for all we know, it, 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 if things start going right and Baltimore does happen to beat Washington, watch out. It'll make it'll make for a great Week Thirteen. I'll tell you that much. I'll tell you that much. So, um, what else? I know we had a couple things we want to talk about. This I am very impressed with this. Well, press and I'm not because we actually mentioned this a few weeks ago. Uh, sort of a a 
there was sort of a, a scuffle when it came with uh, Albany head coach Rob Keefe. Um, today, uh, sorry, yesterday, the league announced that he was going to be fined. Or was it the same game, by the way, Ben, that we talked about? Where? Yeah, it okay, was. Okay, where he's going to be fined $3,500, and everybody's scoffing at $3,500. $3,500 in the Arena League? That's you know you know you get a, even with a thousand dollars a game that you're making you know whatever the coaches make per year actually that's one that we don't know um, yeah um, so I think it's like fifty grand actually uh, and either way him he is uh, he got a fine uh, the league has stated that there's going to be no more comment on it um, the reason why we're really bringing this up uh, is just that the league announced it they put out a presser. They, they put it on, out actually on their website, and they actually said something about it. They weren't prompted. They actually, it looks like they actually did do some investigation. I've always called for the Arena League to have, uh, to have transparency, no matter what it is. Rule books, uh, screw-ups by the refs, uh, this type of thing when it comes to, because usually when it comes to suspensions for players you usually know when a team, when a player goes on to league suspension that it, it is possible if there's been a if they've done something the week prior the, that's why they're on the league suspension. What was your thought on this, John, about the league actually publicly announcing that this is something this was the uh, this is the thing that they were going to do? I think it just sort of uh, shows their continuing transparency and that. Like they've been saying, the commissioner's been saying, and everyone that we've been speaking to in and around the league, that you know they're committed to being um, interactive and open with the fans and discussing things and keeping an open line of communication. And I think this is just part of it. And, and Ben, I know you've been around a while. You've seen how it seemed that no matter what, what happened, the, the league always the headquarters always seems to stay quiet. So as a as a fan who's been watching the league for such a long time, what was your thought of, of this uh, newfound transparency from the uh, league headquarters? I was uh, I was definitely impressed with it. Like John was saying, we're sort of in a new era where the commissioner's interacting with fans. There's a direct open line of communication at all times. Uh, still, it's impressive. I mean, it definitely is. And I think I was stunned by the the fine amount. But now, time that you mention it. I wonder if that's a game check because if you said you think the salary is around fifty, yeah, uh, that would be you know a forty-five thousand dollars salary if it was three thousand a game plus probably a preseason, so that would be around fifty. So he may have just lost a game check for the suspension. Um, that's a lot of money. I mean, that's that's a harsh penalty in the Arena Football League. But I guess Keith has had several uh, several incidents at this point, so they just probably felt they had no choice yeah rather than just a, a regular slap on the wrist do you think coach keith would have also deserved to, to be suspended for a game or do you think that the that the league took the right thing and and just fining him for the incident that occurred i don't think the league benefits at this point from suspending a coach unless there was some sort of legal issue mm-hmm. uh if the, if there's a legal issue yeah um suspend them for sure but but Albany is your number one team. They're your number one story in a way. Like they're, you know, an original kind of team with with homegrown fans, and it's it's a they're the best team in the league. They've got a high flying offense. So to suspend their coach this late in the season would just have been sort of dodgy for the league to do. 
um, if it wasn't fully deserved. So I, I think they made the right decision to just find him. John? Yeah, I, I think, Ben, you pretty much summed that up perfectly. It would be suspect, uh, almost disrespectful to suspend him this late in the season with with the storylines that are in place okay i'll give you guys that and it's funny you said that and john i know you're echoing that but shouldn't every team be traded the same it doesn't shouldn't matter if they're all up in no atlantic city or or columbus or you know what i mean why give them what seems to be preferential treatment which which it could be which some fans may see it as if this is you know this that all they're doing is finding the guy where they, if they had the option, I, I think, uh, I think maybe the question I should ask is, do you think the option of suspending him was ever on the table? Definitely. Okay. I think definitely. I mean, based on there being multiple incidents, I think if it's one time, you don't, you know, I was surprised he wasn't fined the, for the first incident in Columbus. Yeah. Um, so I guess that's why they brought down the hammer. Now I'm sure they were considering suspending him, but I'm just guessing from a PR perspective and just from a mechanical perspective with the league uh, owning every team, suspending your own employee uh, this late in the year. You know, I, I get what you're saying. I'm curious if, if Matt Salk had done this, whether he would have been suspended. Um, I don't know. It's a good question. Uh, um, Look, for me, a fine of $3,500 hurts so much more than not being able to coach my team for one game i understand you know there's there's a reason why we're at the level we're at you know Mm -hmm. these coaches want to be here and everyone wants to make a living doing this so it's gonna hurt more to lose a paycheck and at least in my opinion than it is to lose a game yeah it's hard to say well that's an interesting point I mean, Keith is the kind of guy who I feel like would be ripping his hair out if he wasn't out there. Right. But just because of the salaries, it's such a huge hit. 3500 is a lot of money in the AFL. I mean, it really is a lot of money. So I think it's, a, it's, a, it's definitely a harsh, harsh penalty. And suspending him just would have been too, much, too over the top. Well, when it comes to suspensions, period, I mean, we, we saw what happened with, you know, the players got, in, got into it a little bit and there were some suspensions, you know, as we know with the... Uh, with the hit to Goosby, etc. What, uh, wh- why do you think that the league has been so quiet, so to speak, when it comes to uh, s- suspensions in itself overall, though? I think it's because uh, indoor football, it just has a, a brand of, of being a, less professional. I think that's what everyone's opinion is that's an outsider yeah. that doesn't understand the organizations. And they would have been right. In several cases in the league's past, um, you know, where things were just not being run well, you know, when you look at what happened with Vegas, things like that, where it just makes the league look like a joke. So I think the league in the past, when they had incidents like this, the last thing they want to do is put out a statement and say this happened so that people can point at the league and laugh and say, oh, well, this is what, you know, this is what I expect from arena football. And at this point, we're in this new era where the league is being treated so much more high-end and so much more professional and so much more in, as an individual premier product that to, to sweep that stuff under the rug is, is shady in its own right and just makes the, would make the league look bad you know, in its own right. So I think this sort of transparency actually helps the league where in the past it would have hurt the league. Okay. Well, that's, that, that's fair. 
uh, you know, I guess when, if it's something that's major, if somebody happens to get to get suspended, they do it quietly. Uh, if, but if it's major like this, I think because uh, you really would have to be paying attention. You know, we, we brought it up and we we pointed out. Obviously, they noticed it. So it's it. You know, I, I guess you know. I just you know, transparency to me usually means everything when it comes to players and stuff like that. But I mean, you, you bring up a good point. But it's I just wanted to to ask you because the way that you, I don't think any team, particular team, needs to get preferential treatment or at least seem to be getting preferential treatment. Whether you're you're the uh, most well known teams or whether you're the, uh, a an expansion club. But either way, it's I, I'm I'm cool with it. I'm just happy. You know what? Props to the league for transparency. That's that's all that I really wanted. And I'm glad that they actually put something like this out without having to, to basically call for it or, or to... Uh, to be subpoenaed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By or, Tim Capper. Or basically berate them. Private for, eye. For them to do it. Um, so an interesting topic was brought up on the boards. And I wanted to, to, to bring this up and see what you guys thought. And hopefully you, the fans, will, will chime in on this, on this thread over on our message boards or, or, or send us something on social media. Um, it's talking about specifically Radabaugh and, and Grady. And are they Hall of Fame worthy? And when it comes to when it comes to the, you know, do they how do they match up versus the others, the other top notch quarterbacks that we've had in this league? You know, obviously the Aaron Garcia's, Mark Grebe, uh, Nick Davila, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, with all you know, wide receivers. Um, I'm trying to because they people have been bringing up some pretty good points in this thing. I know uh, uh, Dave has been putting out some great information too on on how these guys would do, but it basically it just started off like this um, with the first question. It's basically uh, Radabaugh and Grady have been in the league long enough to make a comparison to some of the great AFL QBs from years past. Um, you know, he knows nothing is static in the AFL, but use whatever metrics you like. How would you rate the two against the likes of Garcia? Bonner, Gart Gruden, Dozell, Bennett, Grebe, etc. Top four, five, six, ten. Um, it's I, I'm curious to know what you guys think because obviously we're now in in what they call it, AFL 2.5, AFL 3.0, whatever you want to call it. How would you how would you rate these guys? I mean, first and foremost, I think the the main question is is are these two quarterbacks, are they Hall of Fame worthy? And uh, John, I'll go to you first. All right. Well, we discussed this a little bit pre-show. And um, I think that it's hard to say statistically because we're in a new era of the AFL. And we've got less teams, less games, less time in the games due to rule changes. So comparing... Grady and Radabaugh's stats last year and this year to stats, say, six or seven years ago may produce some slightly different numbers. But with that said, I was looking up the stats on our website for passing touchdowns per season, like per game, the leaders, as well as the QB rating per uh, season leaders and the passing yards per game leaders and it turns out that tommy grady is in the in the top 10 of a lot of them but dan radabaugh is not and on one of the lists dan radabaugh is missing out of the top 30 altogether huh so 
the thing that I that that is interesting to me about your argument is that well, there's a, there's several things to unpack. One of them is I don't know whether I would look at a player's season to season leader ranking as something as a qualifier for the Hall of Fame. I mean, Rodabaugh is in the top ten in every important statistical category. I mean, and that's only after ten seasons. He's he's up against players. You know, like Andy Kelly, Davila, Bonner, Grebe, that have like 15 years of playing, and he's only played 10. And he's within, he's with, he's going to catch those guys. He's probably going to catch Bonner um, pretty soon. So, and and that's with a five-year difference in their careers and with shortened seasons. So that's when you're accruing stats and you look at stats that way. I think it's more impressive that Rodabaugh is in the top ten in all these categories. Grady, I think, no question about it, Hall of Famer. I don't, I don't even think there's any debate about it. Um, yeah, I think you could entirely. debate about Hippard. I think, I think he's de- he's debatable, maybe. But Rodabaugh is someone I would say is a clear cut Hall of Famer. Um, and if you want to look at it as an era thing, which I think is another fair way to look at things, because back in the day, you could argue, well, Sed Bonner, Aaron Garcia, Clint Ozell, Grebe. They played against NFL caliber DBs and the sort of structure of the league has changed where, you know, you have mostly arena guys playing arena football and not changing things or whatever. Um, So you could probably argue that I I would accept that as as an argument. But I also think, you know, we're now we're now a third of the league's history is in this era of the AFL. So I think we need to now sort of adjust our our thinking on that and, and respect that the last uh, what is it? Wow, it's whoa! It's actually been a lot longer than that. And no, the last like nine years, nine seasons have been you know this new era, and Rodabaugh and Grady have both been absolutely dominant in those eras. I think you, if you look at it that way, I mean they're Hall of Famers. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't disagree with you. I'm just going based off the stats uh, that were presented in the topic on the message board. Right. I think it's a weird approach. I think those stats are weird. What I think because, is, Rod, yeah, well, go ahead. Tim. Well, I was going to say what I think is itching, and and, and uh, John, you said uh, you're talking about uh, games played, et cetera, et cetera. Jay Gruden played at a time where there there were only what was the what was the fewest amount of games that Jay Gruden played as a quarterback in a season? Wasn't it ten? Yeah, I, I, I understand that the, that the league you know grew, more games were added, obviously because it, it's it's a monetary thing. I get that. Uh, can't could you not you know based on what you're saying? I still think he would. I, I, I still think that they would be in there, especially because of of a Jay Gruden. I think it kind of it lumps them all together because he played, and I said ten game seasons. He played in sixteen game seasons, if I'm not mistaken. So how does it differ that you can say that you know that a a Dan Radaball is not not I don't want to say not worthy. That's not the word to use. But how is he not on the same level as a quarterback as Jay Gruden is or was? Well, actually, I have a, I have another question, actually. Yeah. Because okay, Gruden's an obviously great example. He played fewer years than everyone we're talking about, fewer games than everyone we're talking about, and is still a top statistical leader. So he's obviously was a, 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 it's almost hard to compare him to these guys. What I think is interesting is, is John Dutton a Hall of Famer? Because John, or even Andy Kelly, um, you know, these are guys that were absolutely great, but longevity is part of, and this is sort of going against my own argument, but <laughs> longevity, <laughs> longevity is the reason why their career statistics are so good. These were not quarterbacks that were necessarily uh, constantly dominant in every single season. J- Dudden maybe, but like Andy Kelly definitely had some up and down years. Uh, what do you think about that, Tim? 
Well, I'm, it's, it's true that they had up and down years. And it's funny. When you think of, of players that you think that, that are deserving, I, I don't think of those two quarterbacks. Right. I don't either. But they're in the top five of most categories. And, I mean, and, and when I'm looking at it, you know how few quarterbacks are actually in the Arena Football League Hall of Fame? Yeah, actually, do we know? Do we have that on hand? I'm like, looking, who is I, I, who it is? I'm looking at it right now. Um, there is said. There is Clint Dozell. Now, I can't remember if, if Coach Hoensey was in as as a coach and a player. Because remember, Coach Hoensey yeah. started off with a four game season <laughs> or six game <laughs> season. A four four game season. What was the first season? Uh, four 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 game season, and he was one of the first. He, First quarterback for the Pittsburgh Gladiators, um, Kurt Warner. See, see, there. I think right there. Well, yeah, that's, that that qualifies every argument. That's yeah, that's the gauge right there. I I think let's okay, John. Who's more worthy? I understand Kurt's in it, but is it Kurt? Is Kurt more worthy or is Radabaugh more worthy? Because Kurt played way fewer seasons. Well, Kurt. Oh, excuse me. I was coughing off mic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think that Kurt is is worthy, and it's it's hard to say when I say that I didn't say Radabaugh is not worthy. I'm just I just don't see why why is Dan not on these lists that Dave posted yet yet Dan is in the top ten categories according to Ben. Right. By by the way, Kurt is hall of fame worthy for three seasons that's what i'm getting at i mean i think i think the difference between well kurt warner is is not someone you can compare to anyone else because i think he's in because he's an ambassador to the league yeah he's uh a legend a football legend that played in arena football so that's more of a pr thing i I get that because you know we had okay let me use this as an example so in three seasons kurt had ten thousand five hundred yards Arvell Nelson, to me, is a lot better quarterback. Oh, damn. You understand what I'm saying? You should tweet that. <laughs> At Kurt Warner. Yeah, yeah. At Veli. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just, just statistics-wise. Obviously because, you know, because Nelson is a dual threat. But see, this is why I'm saying you can't compare the eras. Yeah, it's, it's a fair point, too, John. I agree. Yeah. Um, Right, so I don't think if let's just say you can't compare the eras. I think that is fair. I think it's impossible to compare them for so many reasons. It, so if you don't, and you're just saying, well, let's look at how dominant they've been in this era, then you still have Dan Rodabaugh. Not only, and by the way, we haven't even talked about the fact that he's won two Arena Bowls in that era. Yeah, that's a huge part of this. Like as much as people Kurt, say, Kurt didn't win one. Kurt didn't win one. Right. As much as people say winning, you know, the championship isn't part of it, it winning is part of the arena bowl. I mean, sorry, it is part of the Hall of Fame. I mean, it's it's part of what qualifies you as a legend and, and someone that, you know, the league wants to enshrine. So Rodabaugh has the leg up over Grady in, in that regard. Um, but the still, I mean, Rodabaugh's consistent dominance in this era, even if he's not a season leader each season, partially just because of Tommy Grady's existence, um, I, I still think that qualifies him as overall definitely a Hall of Famer. I mean, Andy, and I, cu- I can't argue with you. Yeah, yeah. Andy Kelly, John Dutton, I mean, they're, uh, you know, uh, Andy's at 42,000 career yards. All quarterbacks, you know, obviously we haven't had, uh, had a, um, haven't had a, a, a Hall of Fame class in quite a while. 
I mean, why don't they do it? I mean, that's another topic. I think it was just, uh, you know what, something that maybe we should ask the commissioner because it's something I think that it was it wasn't considered important when it came to the finances of of the league and making sure that the league was stable. I think that's really what it comes down to. I mean, but it's like it's it's next to free. I mean, the Arena Bowl. I mean. Jesus Christ. The Hall of Fame rings that they produced are really nice. They are. Yeah. They don't have to do that again. They can just have a Hall of Fame, have a, you know, it's 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 something that I think the league needs. I think it's, especially with a league that has had this much history, they have so much to look back on. And yeah, the league is moving forward in this, in this new 2.0 era. Uh, by that, I mean, like the internet age, not the, the league, to know, uh, whatever. The, but, but basically, I think you need to embrace that. And and you need to. It's free to do that. It's free to say, "Here are the legends of our time," yeah. um, and and just put them in a list, add it to the Wikipedia page, end of story. You don't need to make an expensive ring, but maybe do it. You know, maybe make a nice little ring. <laughs> <laughs> who do we think? Who do we think isn't in that? Definitely needs to be in. James Barron. Let's see. I would say that without a doubt. And then, well, Davila is a contender. Oh, I was thinking old school first, but yes, when it talk about this, yeah. First of all, the goat, Aaron Garcia. Come on! Oh, well, yeah, that's the number one. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. that's the obvious number uh, one. We can't just send it because I think there's less than I just went over the list quickly. There's less than six quarterbacks in the Hall that's of Fame. Crazy! It's crazy. Uh, Davila, yes. See, this thing is Andy Kelly worthy. <laughs> we call this the Kelly problem. Mark Grebe, I mean, he's in the 900, pa- 900 touchdown club. Grebe is a must. I think so, too. I mean, Davila just got the 776, but still he's well worthy, especially what he did. Right. You know what? I'm gonna I, say, I, guys, I'm going to say this, too. Um, Coach Guy, no matter yeah. where, where he is, what league he, he's coaching in, Coach Guy is, is well-deserving of being in the Hall of Fame. Absolutely. And uh, I think we got to give it up for Derek Ross. <laughs> I think There's something too, about it, Derek Ross that's that's untouchable. Yes. Yeah. Which, I, I have no problem with that. Blue. Yeah. I, I mean, are there any? Well, there's, is Bob McMillan in the Hall of Fame? He is, right? I think he was one of the last classes. Yeah, I think he was the last class. I was. Gonna, I was trying to think. Does the uh, has the no? He was in 2013. He was in 2013. Oh, yeah. Donovan Morgan. Hmm. That's an interesting one. TT, obviously. TT. Yes. Yeah. TT Consi- for sure. Considering all the records that he owns. Tiger Jones for sure. Chris uh, Jackson is in? No, obviously, because no. that was the last year. Well, hell, we have one. Remember, we have a player who's currently in the Hall of Fame, but he's uh, he's been inducted. He has been in. Uh, he's been nominated to the Hall of Fame, but he hasn't been inducted yet because of the league rules. <laughs> yeah, I th- I think that he's still technically a Hall of Famer. Cleveland, yes. Yeah, I mean, I, I like I call Cleveland a Hall of Famer. Yes. Um, I'm looking at here, so... That's as easy as it is, you know, just say he's in the Hall of Fame now, and they can just say that now. Just say it, and it yeah, makes it say. so. And, and, yeah. and there are a lot of other players, too, old school players that we'd have to probably go through, and, and there are a lot of deserving players from the original era, too. That's right, just say it, and a verbal contract is legally binding and exactly. <laughs> I think exactly. they hand us the keys. We could be the Hall of Fame committee. You know, we're the historians of the AFL. We deserve that role. Let's just let's just uh, throw it by the commission. See what he says. Yeah, just just give us a ring. Yeah, also, yeah, that's what I, that's what I was going to get to. Just give us a ring. Yeah, hell, I, I, hell, technically, I'm in the Hall of Fame and I don't have a ring. And I'm not. Yeah, and I'm not give getting a ring. A ring. <laughs> Good God, get get Tim a ring. That's my new hashtag. Get me a ring. 
It That's is the new campaign. Interesting. What do you think? Chime in on the message boards. Let us know what you think. I mean, are we off our rockers? Are do these players deserve to be in the Hall of Fame? Are are they worthy? Um, Andy Kelly, weigh in. Yeah, let us know. Yeah, Mark Grebe. And there, obviously, there are ones that should be your your one, two, and three, whether it be from this era or a previous era. Um, also, you can let us know over on Twitter, whether it be at, at uh, twitter.com slash arenafan, over at, you can send us messages over on our Facebook page, that's slash arenafan also. Uh, if we have a, 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 we put up a, something on our Instagram, you can you can let us know there also, too. Um, or if you want to email us, that's, that's another easy way, too. Send me an email on behalf of the guys at tim.capper at arenafan.com. Uh, let's see. Didn't we have a fan question? We do. We have two, actually. Ooh. Yeah, I, I had to go get it. Uh, the, the fan, good Lord. <laughs> He's singing again, man. Um, when's your, uh, when's your record coming out? When's your LP coming out, Ben? Uh, today. Is it? Yeah, it's coming out today. Nice. I've never... Yeah, it's an 11.59 release. Yeah, yeah, it's... yeah. yeah oh, classic. nice, nice. And it's going to be, uh, and this is Fretz and Early, Fretz and Early Records. Yes, uh, exactly. <laughs> I don't know. I had never thought of how how you can do a mashup of Ben doing his ooh wee <laughs> and and the and the lost theme. I don't. Is that pos- there's something there, Tim? Is that possible? You may be a genius, Tim. <laughs> Next on fifth. They spent so much time thinking about whether they could do it that they didn't spend enough time thinking about should they do it. Next and on. the frat likes that. Next yeah, on. all the resources wasted on waiting, <laughs> they could have just spent that time doing it. Exactly. Exactly. It's like, they're not in purgatory. They're just making a record. That is fact. Uh, let's get to the question. Where's the question here? I tagged it. Trying to find it. Am I in the right email? That's the other question. Oh, no. No, I'm not. Here it is. The question to us. No, I'm not in the. I'm not in the wrong email. You're such a John. Is your name spelled Jonathan with an O at the end? It is Jonathano. Jonathano. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah, that's interesting. It's unique. Is that usual? No. What's it, how's it usually spelled? With, with an, an A. A. Yes. Damn. But then again, also John is J O N, not J O H N. Right. That's, that's all right. also so true. Up. So the question's from Michael Felcher. Um, he actually did reach out to us uh, while we were at the game. Uh, and he says he, he didn't see the tweet that I sent back to him. Um, so he wasn't able to respond. Uh, he just wanted to ask us, what did we think of, of the crowd and environment? He says, me and, me and my friends who attended, uh, this has been Atlantic City. Me and my friends who attended were thoroughly entertained. The atmosphere was energetic and loud at, at times. The crowd was much better than I thought it would be. The crowd was about half soul supporters, half blackjacks, uh, which was a pleasant surprise considering 98% of the audience uh, were Philly sports fans. Uh, most of the people in the crowd pronounced, uh, most of the people in the crowd pronounce water as as wooter. What the hell is that? <laughs> and the eagles as eagles. Eagles? Okay. Um, I did not know that. I guess it's a, a local dialect. It is, yeah. Um, I mean, they, they also talk like that in D.C., believe it or not. Well, it's like, isn't it like in Pittsburgh? Yep, that too. Steelers. Washington. Instead of Steelers, they say Steelers with an I. Um I think we talked about it. Anything else that, that we can mention about the about the, the atmosphere? I think we, we probably summed it up as best as we could when we said, gosh, this was a banger of a game. The yeah. crowd was into it. 
the mix of AC and Philly fans was electric. You know, it was like oil and water. You could see one from the other, and they were screaming at each other, and and everyone was getting offended. It was great. Yeah, yeah throw, throwing some strobes and music, and we could have been at a a, a rave. It I could mean, have been a rave. Oh, could you see them putting the different colored lights on the on the roof of the arena, like, and you know, like how they do with just the red, but keep changing it from from, and then bring down a uh, bring down a disco ball. Oh my goodness! Good <laughs> idea. It's a great idea. It's gangbusters. And it's not. And you know what? It's not turf anymore. It looks like a disco floor. Honestly, now yeah, I know you're joking, but Atlantic I, City definitely had an excuse to do a weird field color. They did. I mean, since it, they could have had a black field or something, it would have been awesome. That would have been cool. Uh, he, he yeah, had, he had another yeah. comment because aside from his comment, he wanted to know what do we think of the wide receiver core in Philadelphia? It just seems like Dan has a lot of other different targets, which may make them hard to beat in the playoffs. Interesting. I mean, and this is interesting. I mean, we, we kind of talked about that, but also now we're, we're comparing receiving cores. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I would still say that Albanese is probably better. I don't know, because it's hard to beat Sims and Malachi as a 1-2. I don't think anyone has a better 2, but I think Philly has the best depth, and I think uh, Atlantic City probably has the best trio. Those are all different qualifiers. <laughs> Those are all different ways of looking at a receiving core, and they obviously they actually do produce different kinds of results. Mm-hmm. You know, Philly's deep receiving core is used much differently than Albany's you know, two-headed monster with, with Colin Taylor you know, as the, as the third. Right. Um, and then I think that's, what's been so that that's what has uh, been so fun about watching Atlantic city is just these three guys just going sicko mode every week. I think what for, for he's talking about Philadelphia and we talked about it before too, is, you know, money go money gets switched over to defense, but yet they don't lose a step, especially when you get BJ bun that can, you know, into the mix. Arena football seem to be able to do that. Cause some guys don't seem to be able to get their chance, but once they do, they usually can play very well. So, I mean, it's, it's I, 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 it's football. amazing because they don't have Sean Kalanamoku anymore. Yeah. That I mean, this is a different look at Ryan McDaniel. Yep, yep. It's a very different looking yeah. team than it has been in the past, yeah. which I think scared me at first going into the season. Uh, I was just like, oh, man, my like my guys aren't here. But but these are just new guys, and they're great. And I think some of that is coaching, and, and some of that is talent recruitment. I, you know, credit some credit needs to go to Bo Bell. Honestly, he is the guy that works the phones. He is the guy that's convincing people. I've had really long conversations with Bo about how he approaches recruitment and how he basically has to go into every call expecting the guy on the other end of the phone to think arena football is some kind of joke. And he has to sit there and basically convince them what this game has to offer. And credit to him, he's found routinely found uh, fresh talent, you know, this year I think the Soul have shown us a bunch of, of fresh receivers and and even defensive players here and there, and uh, he's done a great job. So a lot of that is recruiting. Yeah, it's, it's it, you know, arena football is able to bring the best out of guys. That's what it's just seen. But I think the main thing I think you point that you said there, Ben, is coaching. Coach Dozell has been able to do it for years. Yeah, for years. He so. never he never skips a beat. It's amazing. No. So the other question came to us from Jesse, a.k.a. Target Toad. Um, and it, I had to read this. And it, it's, he goes, I have a question for all three of the AF, AFL Tonight hosts. 
that fratradamus who likes blowing up his dad he goes by the way how'd that go by the way uh, <laughs> what great he's dead yeah that <laughs> the biggest toronto <laughs> fandoms hater montreal alouette uh. and then he goes and john stark <laughs> 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 oh gosh that's good that's good um he actually goes uh after watching the bizarre ending of the nal pirates at streets and if you haven't if you didn't see it guys i'll make reference to it his brain got to wondering what's the strangest way that an afl af2 game has ended now, i don't know if you guys saw how this game ended basically um the uh, the streets were up the pirates attempted a 56-yard field goal for a win. The ball, the field goal was considered good, even though it didn't go through the uprights. And that was because there was netting that was hanging down over the over that part of the, of the arena that didn't allow the ball to go past that certain point. So they still call it good. Wait, what? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. they like called it good by default because yes. it was interfered with. Yes, and post game, I'll I'll send okay. you guys, I'll send you guys over to the video just so you can see it. it I was I saw it at first. I said that's not good. <laughs> Anyways, so what? in the in the games that we have seen or ones that we've seen on TV or stuff like that, I have one. Okay, go do it. Go do it. I got it. Okay, this year, uh. Atlantic City Blackjacks, um, like home game four or five. So this was uh, the middle of June or end of June. Uh, the game ended three times. Do you remember this, yes. Tim? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Infamous, so the game, yeah, the, the game ended, clock issues. Yes, severe clock issues, and the game ended three times. Myself and many people went out onto the field three times and had to leave it <laughs> and come back. And go back on and come back and go back on and come back and then the game was over finally. The buzzer went off multiple it, it was a mess. That that is the weirdest ending I can remember. I'm trying to remember some that Yeah, I can't think of any weird I mean, it's not weird to tragically miss an extra point to lose a game, which <laughs> who hasn't seen that? Or yeah. a fumbled and, extra point. That's not really weird. No, John is that's a good example. And, and kicking it and kicking it kicking a walk off field goal really doesn't matter doesn't yeah. really count. I've thought I know there have been of strange plays that really stick out in my mind more. Uh, right, definitely. Like the uh, was it Tony Graziani who got stepped on and he was still able to throw the ball off the net to an LA receiver to beat Orlando. Yeah, something something like that. What about the uh, the confetti bowl? Yeah. Okay. Oh, you know what? That's a good one. That's actually probably a good one right there, John. Do you know about the confetti bowl? I uh, you know I've heard of it. All but I don't, of the confetti I don't. was released in Arena Bowl 20 before the game had ended? No, no. It was the semifinal. Oh, oh that was the semifinal? This was the semifinal in Colorado. Right. That was the... Or that was the yeah, that was the year the Rush won. Yeah. Oh, wait. I got another one. Speaking of that... No, no. The Rush didn't win that game, did they? I thought that was the year, I thought that, was the year that, uh, that, uh, that Colorado won. <sighs> Anyways, what what happened, John, was is that they thought the game was over because it was a last play to try to get the ball into the end zone to, to score for, um, I think it was Chicago. And they yep. thought they had won, so they all the confetti was released because they were going to be going to Arena Bowl. But no, the person who pulled the, pulled the string basically to, to release the confetti forgot to look to see that there was a flag on the ground for DPI. <laughs> So they actually had to. Oh, did they bring in the? the Zamb- they had like brooms what, that they were. Bro- I thought it was like the Zamboni like 
Yeah, the and they were like clearing out the yard lines and just clearing the confetti around where the action <laughs> yes. was. It was hilarious. So, in, in relation to that, last year, guys at Arena Bowl 31 in You're Baltimore, right. I'm right. Yes. I know. Right. Yeah. I know. There was. It was like what? Well, it was a DPI or something. There was one more play. Confetti was already on the field. Yeah. And it was. It was silly. Yeah. I think you're right. I think you're right on that one. Yeah. So there, yeah. there are many different types of, uh, of th- it's just how we remember them. You know, I mean, it's, uh, we'll remember that type of thing or, or uh, something that, you know, the, a face palm moment or, or, or things will just come to mind. You know, all of us have seen so many, so many games in league history that certain ones will, will stick out in our mind. But anyway, Jesse, thanks for the question, man. And, and, you know, being able to think back, hey, John was able to find two different things from this year alone <laughs> from, from the past year. All right, guys, DraftKings. Um, it was night. All three of us were, were able to play this week. It was a very interesting, very interesting week just because it was only one game. Um, did it make it easier or harder in order to, to – we do, do you want to see more things like this? Because the league has done – the DraftKings has done this a couple times this year. But yeah, I'm not a fan. I don't like the showdown one game mode, and I did not like this either, um, because way too many people pick the same thing. Uh-huh. So you've got too many people tying, and uh, not people, but people playing. Yeah, two fantasy. people actually did tie. That's the funny thing. I thought it was three. Uh, very. Uh, you're right. Sorry, you are correct. It was three, and one person missed it by five, basically five points. Yeah. So that's why I don't like it. So uh, I, I can say I beat both of you. <laughs> Nicely uh, done. 187.7 for me. The winner, by the way, was uh, Firebird DW, uh, 47 Mayhem. And it was it, what is it? Is it MIH or MRH1? What is it? Mr. H1, yeah, maybe? Yeah, Mr. H1, maybe. Yeah. Uh, at 199.95. If you chose Warren Smith and you got everything accordingly, you won this game because Warren Smith. Got you a staggering sixty point two one points. So, uh, congrats to you. Got congrats to them. Uh, as I said, I got one eighty seven point seven. Um, uh, let's see, Ben one seventy two point two eight. And uh, yeah, at tenth, and John, you were thirteenth at one sixty nine point two three. But this week we are back. Uh, what's your thought, by the way, on Malachi Jones? Did he? I think he went up slightly. From the from his last game, I mean, just true. He's now the number one overall player. If you're wanting to put him as your captain, uh, well, anyway, I, anyway, we've talked about pricing for most of the year, but why? Well, I, I said before the show that I thought that's a little high, and I mean, he's obviously a, a top one, two, or three receiver in the league. But in terms of making him the most expensive this week, I'm not sure. I totally agree with that, uh, considering the. Q that Quentin Sims is also basically the number one receiver, and I think Quentin Sims is undervalued this week. Yeah. Um, so if you want to join our league, the arenafan.com league, just send me an email, tim.capatarenafan.com, and uh, I will give you a uh, give you the invite. Um, so guys, here we go again for week twelve. Um, Ben, who did you choose as your captain? I went full send and made Tommy Grady my captain. Oh, geez. Wow. Yeah, I, wow. Went, I went for it on that one. Okay, I'm curious to hear what your rest of your team's going to be. John, who'd you go with? <laughs> Paul Browning. I think that's, 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 that's the second time you've gone with him, right? 
in the captain. Yeah, yeah they're the reasonably last... priced, and he's performing well. I mean, it's a great three or great four pick. weeks. Yeah, yeah, it is. Thank you. Um, I had to do it just by looking at what I wanted. Uh, Malachi went at sixteen, sixteen thousand two hundred. If you want him in in your spot, captain spot. But I'm getting pretty decent, and I'm wondering if it's still going to continue to bite me in the butt. I went with Trevino again. I went with a kicker again. You're daring. I mean, all three winners last week had a kicker, so who knows? Uh, maybe. Yeah. But yeah, but not in the captain spot though. See that that's no. That's, you're you're a daring boy. For I'm that. wondering if I'm going to change this up uh, up a little bit. Anyways, um, Ben, what is the rest of your lineup for this week? Okay, so I had Grady, mm-hmm. Fabian Guerra, Quentin Sims, Reggie Gray, Colin Taylor, and Josh Reese. So I felt I was didn't have to make a huge sacrifice having having put Grady as my captain. No, not really, not at all, not at all. Some players are pretty reasonably valued this week. John, what about you? Well, uh, Arvell Nelson again. <laughs> um, Joe Hills, Quentin Sims, Brandon Collins, and Josh Reese. Interesting. Nice. So I went with for the first time in quite a few weeks. I actually went with Arvell Nelson also. Okay. Tommy Grady, Joe Hills, Quentin Sims, and Brandon Collins. Great lineup. So I don't I don't think I would have and I have eight hundred bucks left. I've got four hundred. That's a lot. Eight hundred's a lot. I had nine hundred left and I just redid my whole lineup. Okay. I was like, yeah. I gotta do better. I um, yeah, I'm wondering too. I may I may look at some other things and, and what do you have left, Ben? I have only a hundred left. Oh, okay, yeah, that's better than me even with the four hundred. Well, uh, what do you Grady? <laughs> Sixteenth thousand, no, whatever he was. Yeah, quite a bit. But yeah, Malachi's just—he's there. But I, you know, we were talking about it before too. He's Sim seems to be the better. It's weird to say that, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. I mean, the thing that that Malachi has over Sims maybe is that he is also rushing threat. Um, he's bound to score a rushing touchdown, so. That is something to throw Malachi's way yeah. in terms of value. Yeah, for sure. All right. So, oh, don't forget that uh, if you want to listen to any of the archives of AFL Tonight, there are a couple of places that you can do so. Um, you can head over to, uh, to Google Play Music, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. Uh, if you want to listen to at least up to the last three shows, you can head over to our SoundCloud account also. That's at uh, soundcloud.com slash arenafan. Um, week. I miss the GBUs. Uh, well, we, we'll, 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 we'll you know, I was thinking about those yeah. when I was driving to Atlantic City this weekend. It was that such a so... fun segment. Oh, we can bring. Yeah. We'll, we'll bring it back. Well, we gotta... can't really bring it back with the with the DraftKings segment too, though. It, it's too many. That, I mean, we're, we're the segments. I mean, we'd be at two hours without interviews, and right. I mean that's yeah. too I mean, much. We're, we're approaching that right now. <laughs> 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 yeah. Hey, the, the good thing is it's a, it's a medium where we were, we're able to talk about the league. So, I mean, but yeah, sometimes I, I usually I usually t- sometimes to think that maybe two hours is a is is, is pushing it. Yeah, nobody oh. has two hours to listen to this. I, I think that the show should ideally be an hour, but we're never going to get there. Right no, now, no, we're no, extending no. the show by even talking about it. I know. Well, right. And I know. And to, to continue the extension, I would just like to say that it would be <laughs> it would be tough to get below an hour when we have sometimes six recaps and pre yeah well here's an interesting question and while we're talking about it so once and maybe the fans can chime in and this will be an interesting yes please please chime in what next year when we get another game covering all four games is going to extend the show a lot 
previewing and reviewing all four games is going to start to approach the territory of, I think, in the old AFL tonight where you just simply couldn't cover. You had to pick games of the week, right? I'd have to go back and check stuff with myself and Adam. We we, we rarely went over two hours, and there were a lot more games that played. But I don't. But again, I don't think you covered every game. I think. And you, you and again, you just games. said you and Adam, not three people. Right. That's true too. That's yeah. true. But uh, but I think also we may have just on some of the games it just may have been score and stats, and then we just got went on to the next one. Maybe a, a, a quick a quick uh, you know a quick comment, and then 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 that was it. Right. Yeah, that's so. tough when we're at the games too, man. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah that's, true too. That that's true. But yeah, please let us know. I mean, if if, yeah. if if you could, if you could change one thing or modify one thing for the AFL tonight broadcast, what would it be? And I think what we'll do also is that we'll put up a uh, a uh, AFL specific, AFL tonight specific thread on uh, on the message boards. So head over to the message boards at arenafan.com. So two weeks only. Uh, sorry, two games only in week twelve. Uh, Philadelphia and Atlantic City are having the bye. Um, we have a Saturday game, Sunday game. Both games are going to be on ESPN3. Uh, the first game, which does have and can have a lot of playoff implications, especially for Atlantic City, is this Washington-Baltimore matchup. Baltimore did clinch a playoff spot with the Atlantic City loss last week, and they still do have the chance of, of catching Albany for the overall number one seat. This this series, guys, you know, it, it, it was usually, obviously it started off as the series of expansion team, but this series has become very important in many ways, and it's become a great rivalry. Um, Valor leads the all-time series 6-5. This year they have split. John, what is your thought on, on this matchup? I think that this is going to be the matchup of the week, and that... Uh, Baltimore seems to be the favorite in this right now, I think. I don't, yeah, just uh, uh, full full transparency, no lines are up yet that I have access access to, so. Yeah, I was was just looking looking around, gathering my own sources, and that's what I'm gathering, is that Baltimore seems to be the favorite. Um, I would say, I would say less than, probably less than five points. Yeah, I think you'd probably be right. Uh, I, I just think I think this game has major implications. Uh, all the teams right now are still going to be playing for seeding. Um, I, I think Baltimore wants to do what they can to to lead this series. Uh, you know, this is the last uh, the last game of the regular season, so you know tying tying the series be pretty important to them. Yeah. Um, uh, ben, any any things that that stand out to you on this series? I mean, I said. Washington has to win at least one game, and they do clinch a playoff spot. Um, this is really the first time. I don't know. Coach Benji's been in this type of, type of situation before, especially last year, and, and what, what how the team was, and were they actually as good as what good or bad right, as, right, as the right. record show? But it, is this uh, how who this game obviously is more important <laughs> for I know for Washington than it is for Baltimore. Yeah, and I think maybe that will manifest itself. Um, I think you know Washington's playing for it all. That couldn't have an adverse effect sometimes where uh, that basically hurts you because you're too tight. Baltimore might be a little loose, but but that's definitely shown this is not always the case um, where you can like for Philly last week, for, or for example. Yeah. I mean, Philly, that's kind of a similar situation where the team, uh, the other team can not clinch, but it is basically has to win the game to stay in the playoff race and still the dominant team will win. So. I, I kind of like the Valor here. I think I'm going to pick the Valor for wow. this game. 
Wow. Um, just quick note of the 11 games so far, the home team is eight and three. And this, this game is going to be in Baltimore. Um, I'm going to be at this game actually. Are, oh, nice. Nice. First nice. Baltimore game of the season. Um, nice. I, I, you know what? I, I honestly think, I, I know that Washington needs this win. I, I think this is going to be another squeaker. Um, we got a squeaker. Yeah, this will be another squeaker, but the question is in which I'm trying to think. Uh, you know what? I'm going to give a slight edge to Baltimore in this one. John? We got a squeaker. <laughs> we got a squeaker. <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to give the edge to Baltimore in this one, too. Yeah? Yeah. Think, think slight. You. Slight. We, we said five points. I agreed with you. Yeah, five points. Uh, <laughs> we need, we need We're at the sound effects portion of the show. We need an exterminator. Uh, the game's going to be on uh, also on uh, at 7 p.m. on Saturday at uh, sorry with uh, on NBC NBC Sports Washington. Albany travels to Columbus on Sunday. The game's going to be at 3 p.m. Uh, ESPN three, uh, my four Albany and ABC six. I think their digital station. Uh, no lines, but uh, I would possibly say Albany is most likely favored at least by 13 points for this one. What is, can I ask you a question? What is the spread picker thing on the game preview? Uh, considering, remember, it was also retired. What is it? It was a, it was a game where um, fans would choose, uh, I think it's from one to t- uh, points, I think it was, was it points-wise, what they thought a team was going to win by. Why is it still displaying on the pages? Because we uh, there were modifications that needed to be made on the back end uh, that weren't able to be done uh, when, <laughs> when when we announced that the all fantasy games and pick them. I were, see. Were like, <laughs> it says then, Columbus by point five. Now tell me one more thing, yes. Tim. Then the power poll ranking. Yeah. What, who who votes on that, or Fan, what what is going on fans, with that? Fans. Every, everybody still has access to it. Should. Yeah, it's right there. It's under interactive. So three people voted <laughs> that Albany Empire is going to win this game. Uh, okay, I got you. Or, no. the best, or am I reading that wrong? No, no. It, it's based off of a power poll from one to six. Okay. Albany would be the top incorrect. team at 99.9 with the highest. Being so 100. what is the Columbus by half a point coming from? It may have, it may have it just been a something that may have been put in before we retired it's a statistical anomaly or maybe a statistical anomaly because baltimore had one too it said baltimore up by two and a half yeah it may have been it may have been information that was put in there before we before we retired it just wasn't cleared out so interesting so these everybody please look away these are not the <laughs> <you're looking> for. <laughs> clearly clearly <laughs> um uh, Tim, i, say, I, I think game. albany will be favored by 13 at least uh, the question is, though, with all the changes for the Destroyers, they put uh, Craig Peterson on IR. They just picked up the uh, the Ohio State product. I can't remember his last name now. He just picked them up today. He's going to be their kicker. Durbin. Yeah. And then they, uh, on the Battle Stations podcast this week, um, Coach Sock even mentioned that their roster now has 16 rookies. So they just seem to be playing out the season. I don't even know if the word playing spoiler has even come to mind. Yeah. I'd honestly like, I don't know. I feel like this game is going to be absolutely terrible. Um, I think that if you play for Columbus right now, if the rumors are true that the, that the locker room has been lost, what are you playing for? It's a huge injury risk, Uh, you know, to, you know, either way you're basically risking your body 
um, for a lost cause. So I don't know. I feel like they might just totally let up in this game. Well, I feel like this this game's got to be about the fans. It's yes. a, it's fan appreciation weekend there in Columbus. It's a good, which is a smart approach. To well, get it is motivated to actually play for them. So, so yeah, definitely. I think that they should play for the fans if for nothing else. Right now, we've said this before. I've said it when I re- reviewed other other league games and stuff like that too. Is this a trap game? With a win, Albany will clinch the overall number one seed. That's, I know, their goal. Is this a trap game? Can Columbus stun Albany? It's an open question to either one of you. I think the only way it happens is we saw some um, vulnerability from Albany's offensive line, and Grady was on his ass uh, more times than usual yeah. against the Soul in their last game. Yeah, 12 yards. And 12 yards. The thing that Baltimore example. has going for I mean, sorry, the thing that Columbus has going for it is that. They do still have a good defense. I mean, they, they still have star defensive players. Yes, they do. So yeah. it's possible that if their offense has a game similar to something they were able to put together midseason where they were actually decent, um, I think that's their only shot. Yeah, I think if they can uh, double cover either Quentin Sims or Malachi Jones like, uh, like they did. Who did that a few weeks ago? That was, uh, uh, that was Philly. Philly did that. Okay. Yeah. And that worked very well. That was a good game plan. Right. So I think if they can do something similar to that, then they might have a shot because like you're saying, Ben, you know, their, their defense, their defense is good. Uh, you know, it can't win a game. You need to score, but you know, right. it's definitely helpful. No, scoring 12 points. They cannot have another game like they had, you know, before the bye. I mean, that was just probably one of the worst offensive outputs we've seen in quite a while. So, um, mind you, you know, Columbus only did score 19 in their, in their first game versus Albany in their, so I'm so glad they won a game this season. They that would have been the, nar- that would have been the narrative. It would have been that Columbus was winless. So I'm really glad they did win. They won. They, they, they could have beaten, uh, Washington too. They could have beaten Albany. You know, it's like they had so many chances. They almost beat Atlantic city. They almost beat Albany. Uh-huh. They, uh, pretty close to beating, um, yeah. Washington, like you said, yep. I mean, they've had their chances. But I'm just glad they won one. Yeah. So are we in agreement that we really don't? I mean, is it Albany? I don't think we can't not pick against Albany. Not it would be absurd. We'd be laughed out of the room. Too. <laughs> Albany it is. Albany it is. Albany, Albany, Albany. I don't. I think that's really the only. May, uh, the only. I think that's the only other playoff scenario is Albany. If Albany wins, they become them overall number one seed. If Washington beats Baltimore, Washington clinches a playoff spot and Atlantic City is eliminated. And then it's just... So if Washington loses out, uh, Atlantic City can make the playoffs? If if Atlantic City is also 5-7. and seven. Right. So but that were, also means Washington has to lose to Columbus. Yes. Which is another... Uh, yes. Yikes. Yeah. It's a trap, I tell you. <laughs> Man, Columbus really Columbus sort of uh, dampened the end of season excitement a little bit <laughs> because they are the reason that it's hard to look at Atlantic City's playoff chances with any hope. It's um, it's tough. Yeah. The league changing the playoff structure where they where they put the strength of schedule first before the uh, plus minus in head to head games versus a particular team is is ludicrous they did it two years ago i don't understand why but 
You would think that if, you, if you're tied in a series, you'd go to the tiebreaker points. But anyways, that's what they decided to do. So I personally yeah. am a fan of that. I think, I think points are such an arbitrary game-by-game -game basis, but you can't argue with strength of schedule. In the AFL, points fly around. There's some random games where no one scores. It's just how the game is. It's totally up and down, and sometimes you can put up 70 for no reason. It's, it's hard to even pinpoint why. But strength of schedule is extremely valid. I mean, it's how, it's how good the team was. So I think that I, I would always put strength of schedule above points scored. Actually, I don't even think the NFL does that. They wish. Wait, no, NFL does. Their strength of schedule is the is the tiebreaker. In head-to-head? After head-to-head. I thought it was points. I don't think so. Well, I mean, I, we can I, debate I about wrong. that I on NFL tonight. I could be wrong, but anyway. We'll bring that to NFL tonight. Yeah, exactly, NFL tonight. So, gents, any... Uh, uh, so, John, uh, Ben, you said you're going to be at the, at the Baltimore game. John, are you doing anything this weekend? I am going to my third or fourth of... Four wedding it's been really? i've been to wow. a lot of weddings it's been a lot so this is the final wedding um it's one of my best friends and i keep saying that because all my i have like four or five best friends since first grade all right so. four or five so it's me tim <laughs> this guy's wedding <laughs> it's fine <laughs> so so yeah um i'll be at a, at a wedding on on saturday and then i'll probably be able be able to watch the uh columbus game on sunday nice what are you up to tim uh it's actually i don't know i have my i don't no no cfl that well that's on saturday sounds like a good excuse to come down to baltimore no nope, see that's i know i've already made plans that that's the thing and i couldn't oh drive. i thought you just you just i thought you had a free weekend bud i'd have sounds to, like I'd, I'd, have to I'd, baltimore. I'd have to fly i'd have to fly and i'm trying to save my my, yeah, uh, my i'd have to save my, i'm trying to save my points you know what you know what has me jittering week to week is not knowing what the freaking playoff schedule is it totally sucks uh, yeah i'm planning you know it's hard to make any concrete plans with that up in the air. Oh, I have no plans for the next. I'm, I, try I know. <laughs> I'm trying, but I like have important things that are happening those weekends, and I'm like, God damn, this sucks. Yeah, I, I can't possibly know because we don't even know. We 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 suspect that one of the games might even be on a Friday. It's possible. It's it's possible. Yeah, which is insane. I mean, I don't know how I would be able to get to one of those games. So we'll see. Yeah, and well, one quick note: I did reach out to the league because uh, about this time last year, the league. Uh, revealed the Arena Bowl logo, and uh, I was asking about when it was going, when it was the, the, you know, some timeline for it to be released. And I was told that they are in the final stages of of uh, finalizing the logo, and uh, they will let us know when uh, when it will be released, which will which may mean we'll find out the day it gets released. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah. So, guys, uh, enjoy your weekend. Uh, stay safe and everybody to all their fans too. enjoy this weekend. Uh, we're about to in w less than a week. We're coming up on the, on the silly, on the silly season, but Hey, leading up to it, it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun. So for everybody here at AFL tonight for Ben, for John, I'm Tim Capper. Watch the rebound off the nets. Bye -bye.